0: Hello, and thanks for joining us for another episode of CSO, What You Need to Know, where we talk about all things you may want to know about our agency. I'm Patty Pan in the Office of Community Affairs. This episode focuses on fentanyl and the increasing danger it poses to our youth and our community. I'm joined by Major Walter Jones, Director of Cherokee Multi-Agency Narcotics Squad, also known as CMANS. And we're here today really to talk about fentanyl and the issues that the entire country is having. Can you talk about that a little bit what are the dangers what are people not understanding about this drug
1: sure you know fentanyl is a drug that uh, has medical purposes it's a schedule two drug uh, classified which means it has medical use um, pharmaceutical grade uh, fentanyl is usually used for extreme pain management or uh, end of stage cancer care so it's very potent And from a pharmaceutical standpoint, it usually comes in patches, which uh, are subdermal. They go through your skin, into your bloodstream, or through some type of pill form. Uh, The biggest issue we're having now is with illicitly manufactured fentanyl. Uh, That is fentanyl that usually the precursors have come from China or somewhere in Europe over to Mexico into the cartel's hands, which are then shipped across our borders in various uh, methods that the cartel uses to you know, ship their uh, narcotics uh, through different border crossings and, uh, you know, u- uh, unique methods of, of concealment to try and get it across the U.S. border.
0: What is the point of replacing or, I guess, switching out some of the drugs to, to replace it with fentanyl?
1: Right. So, what we're seeing now is a lot of our common street drugs, such as methamphetamine, cocaine, uh, ecstasy. Uh, even marijuana are being mixed with fentanyl. So what that does is it gives that drug a little bit more of a, a kick, uh, so to say, even though uh, uh, fentanyl is a, is an opioid, it's a synthetic opioid, so it, it gives you a feeling sometimes of euphoria, but when you have too much fentanyl, which it's not difficult to do because the uh, street pharmacists, we call them, have no uh, standards for how they mix the drug with the uh, common street drugs, uh, so we're, we're seeing a lot of overdoses uh, nationwide because they're mixing fentanyl with our common street drugs, and those are uh, unknowingly being taken by addicts or drug users who are then overdosing on that drug.
0: Is it just cheaper to use fentanyl?
1: So it's, it's cheaper for the, the the drug cartels to get fentanyl uh, to make it uh, in Mexico and then to ship it uh, wholesale to places or, or other cartel cells within the United States to then mix, or we call it cutting, with uh, your you know, standard street drugs, such as cocaine or methamphetamine.
0: But it doesn't really seem to make sense if we're hearing about all these overdoses, deaths. Why are they continuing to do
1: this? Right, so to someone who is not an addict, uh, it would seem uh, strange or odd Uh, that you would take something, knowingly take something that could potentially, you know, cause you to lose your life. Um, But the uh, addict brain works very differently. And so, um, you know, addiction is a disease. And so are people that are addicted to drugs, whether it be uh, illicit drugs or even, uh, you know, pharmaceutical grade opioids like oxycodone or even uh, alcohol uh, for instance uh, they think very differently and uh, they're constantly chasing a high so they're looking for something that's going to give them a greater high and so the more they use a particular drug the more of a tolerance their body builds up so they have to have more of it in order to get that same high so, the the issue with fentanyl is is a lot of our addicts who are using drugs such as meth or cocaine, they don't know that fentanyl is mixed with that drug, and so they're not prepared. Their body is not prepared to handle a substance that it's not uh, built up a tolerance to, and in doing so, uh, you know the the fentanyl it attacks the emotional section in your brain, the opioid receptors. And that ends up causing at high levels, uh, even though it doesn't take much fentanyl, uh, 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 respiratory arrest, coma to even death, which is what uh, is causing uh, most of the fatalities that that we're seeing nationwide.
0: Now, I'll be honest, it doesn't sound like it's a good business model for these cartels. I mean, this product is killing a lot of people. So why do they continue to do this? Because isn't the goal for them? to keep coming back these addicts to keep coming back but if it's killing people then why do they keep doing this
1: yeah again so the the addict's brain is very different and uh, unfortunately uh, if uh, in the in the circles of uh, those who use drugs if someone they know dies of an overdose uh, sometimes it means that that drug might be uh, might provide them a greater fix so it's It almost works as a reverse marketing concept for uh, the drug cartels and the dealers. Um, If someone has passed away from using their drug, it almost makes it more attractive sometimes to uh, other uh, individuals who are using the same type of drug. And that word gets out on the street and that popularity of that individual's drug uh, is higher.
0: What is the age range of those who have been affected by this drug?
1: You know, you're looking probably 18 to 65. Um, it, there, it's a very wide range. Um, uh, statistics with overdoses nationally are are all over the place with, with age and, and and sex and race. And so what you look at from a national perspective is, is that, you know, uh, fentanyl and overdoses in general, they, they don't know, uh, you know, Sex, religion, uh, age, race—it affects everyone.
0: Overall dangers of fentanyl. I mean, we're hearing that now people are mixing fentanyl with marijuana, right. which a lot of our younger generation—they're smoking marijuana—that right. could kill
1: them. Yeah. So you know, the thing you have to look at is—is is it worth it, right? Um, so, you know, for for individuals that are you know, smoking marijuana or smoking uh, vape. Uh, devices that contain marijuana? um, Do they really know what's in that substance that they're taking? Um, So that is a gamble that some people are willing to take, but because we're finding fentanyl and a lot of the street drugs we're seizing to include marijuana, you know, is it really worth it? You have to ask yourself that. Um, You know, we like to say that the marijuana that's being used and smoked today is not the same marijuana that was being used and smoked in the 1970s, right? The the THC levels are higher. It's got a higher potency uh, to begin with, and now we're mixing a, a foreign substance into a uh, you know a natural plant that is now causing people who otherwise would have never overdosed on marijuana are now overdosing, and and they can't figure out why. Um, you know they they don't understand why it's happening. So, um, you know, when you go to the hospital and you, you know, get your blood work back and your blood work shows that you're positive for THC and fentanyl, then you understand, you know, that's what happened. You ha- you had fentanyl in the marijuana that you didn't expect to have in.
0: That's really scary. I'm sure for a lot of parents who may be thinking, oh, marijuana, not a huge deal. I mean, what is your message to parents?
1: Right. Well, you know, it's the same message we have for anything. You know you have to you have to keep tabs on your children. you have to know what they're doing. Uh, you know you have to be concerned about their interactions with uh, their friends or uh, associates through social media. Uh, we're finding that a lot of drug sales now are occurring via social media, uh, and there's lots of apps that parents aren't necessarily familiar with. That that's occurring on. So, you just have to you know keep an eye on your kids and, and make sure that uh, they're doing what's right and that they know the difference between right and wrong. And if they see something that doesn't look right, they need to, to tell you tell the parents or tell you know someone else that uh, is able to take a look into what's going on.
0: How much fentanyl could kill a person?
1: Right. So, uh, you know, for instance, if we had salt, uh, which you know we could show you here, but two two grains of salt. Uh, which is, you know, way more than you're going to have on your McDonald's French fries, uh, you know, just for a, a representation, could easily cause a, a fentanyl overdose to someone who doesn't have any kind of tolerance. So um, it doesn't take much, um, but it's very deadly. So you have a small amount of a drug that can cause a fatal overdose, and you only have a small amount of time to try and intervene medically to prevent that from happening.
0: Major. Mm-hmm. One of my questions for you is, why are you sitting here with us today? Why talk about this? What right. is the big deal?
1: Right, well, you know, we, again, nationally, um, you know, 2021, there was over 100,000 uh, fentanyl-related overdoses, uh, according to the CDC. So obviously, um, it's an issue. It's an issue in every county in the state of Georgia and in every county and every state in the United States. So it's important for our community to know that um, you know, we have an organization, um, such as the Sheriff's Office, such as CMANS, that actively combats drug trafficking here in Cherokee County, but that we're also trying to put the message out that you, know, you have to pay attention to what you're doing, wh- who you're dealing with, what your kids are doing. Um, and you know, it's not to sound an alarm, it's just education. I think the more we educate individuals on the dangers of fentanyl or any drug for that matter, uh, the more informed they are to make better decisions uh, as adults uh, or as raising adults. So I think um, that's why we're here. We want to make sure that um, folks are educated on the dangers of fentanyl and that they understand that um, you know the decisions they're making could impact their future.
0: Now, I know that a lot of our deputies carry Narcan, right. and I think that's policy at this point. Right. Uh, and I haven't checked if all agencies are the same way, but what is the importance of deputies and officers carrying around Narcan?
1: Sure. So, uh, so naloxone, which is a, a drug that um, reverses the effects of opioids uh, on your brain. Uh, the most common brand name that that most people have is called Narcan. So uh, what it is, is uh, it's a nasal spray that if used on a subject who's overdosing uh, quickly after the overdose has started, it generally will block your opioid receptors in your brain from the drug taking effect and will reverse the overdose. So uh, having used it myself uh, and seeing it work firsthand, uh, it does work very quickly. Uh, And it just depends on how much the individual took uh, of a drug. Sometimes it requires multiple doses. A lot of times our deputies will get there before our fire and EMS service. And so them carrying one or two doses of Narcan, they can start that uh, medical work on that individual. Generally will at least slow down the process of the overdose until uh, you know, an IV version of Narcan can be brought to the scene by a paramedic, which, you know, could feed faster into the individual's bloodstream, which helps them reverse that overdose. So, uh, you know, if, you, if you've if you overdosed, you get Narcan quickly into your system. A lot of times you're able to come out of that, which is why Narcan has been made available behind the counter at a pharmacy now, like uh, controlled cold medicine is. Uh, and, you know, we have seen it save lives. We have, uh, as an agency, we've used it uh, numerous times and saved lives. So it's definitely, you know, the message there is if you uh, you have a family member or friend who is an addict, an opioid addict, make sure that uh, there are there is Narcan available close by so that if they do overdose, you can save their life. And the other benefit to Narcan is that even if someone is not truly suffering from an opioid overdose, using it on someone will not affect them. So it has no negative side effects, only positive side effects, which is bringing someone back from a uh, you know, potentially fatal overdose.
0: But does Narcan only work with fentanyl overdose? No,
1: it works for any opiate. So oxycodone, Percocet, heroin, um, fentanyl, you know, any drug mixed with fentanyl, if that's what's causing the overdose, then that drug will help reverse those effects and bring someone back to consciousness, or at least allow them to be breathing so that we can get them to the hospital uh, for advanced emergency care.
0: Now, you've sent me some pictures. We've seen some pictures of the real real Percocet and the fake Percocet. Is there some message you want to tell people when they're looking at them How do you tell?
1: Yeah, so, you know, uh, it's interesting because uh, counterfeit medication is a big deal. Uh, It has been for several years. Um, When you go to a doctor, they diagnose you with, uh, you know, some type of pain or, you know, back pain. You go to a dentist, you've had some work done. Sometimes you'll get some kind of opiate for the pain. Um, You take that medication as prescribed and you hope for the best. You hope that that works as it's supposed to. Uh, But sometimes it, it doesn't, and people take more than they should, and sometimes that's how addiction starts to the pain medication. So there are very strict regulations on what doctors can prescribe and how often someone can get that prescription. So what we find is if people have become addicted to, say, pharmaceutical grade oxycodone, well, they can't get it anymore Uh, legally so they start to look for oxycodone in a different market and that is where our drug dealers who are you know greedy money-hungry come into play they get our counterfeit medication that is produced mainly with fentanyl and some type of binder it uses the same pill press that say a a pharmacy or a, a drug manufacturer would use to create pharmaceutical grade oxycodone and so now they have a pill that looks very similar that they're saying is oxycodone and they're selling that pill to an individual who uh, who is otherwise addicted now to that medication so you think it's the same oxycodone that you're taking when you go to a pharmacy the drug dealer knows it's not generally speaking and you take that pill which is a hundred times stronger than what you're used to taking and now you potentially uh, run the risk of having a fatal overdose so really what you have to look for on a pharmaceutical grade pill uh, it's going to be much cleaner looking Um, the imprints will usually be much sharper Um, they almost look laser cut even though most of the time it's from a press Um, it's just a, a better grade of material the counterfeit medication usually doesn't have the same binders that pharmaceutical grade has so sometimes it's duller in appearance sometimes it's easier to break so if you hit it with a hammer the counterfeit pill will shatter the pharmaceutical grade might not it might just shoot off to the side um so there are things you can look for but um in the you know for someone who needs that medicine they don't often take the time to look so one thing you know, you could do as uh, maybe a caregiver of someone who uses pain medication on a regular basis, is take a look at those pills and make sure that you know where they came from. Um, The problem is, is that a lot of times the counterfeit medicine will be put into a bottle that someone is prescribed. So without really close inspection, it looks like it's what came from the pharmacy. Um, So there's a lot of money to be made in counterfeit pills. Uh, Generally speaking, it's a dollar a milligram on the street. So, if you have a bottle of 90 oxycodone, that's you know 30 milligram. You know, do the math. So it's 30 dollars a pill.
0: Well, which brings me to my next question: Is the price of one pill a red flag? Like, oh, that one's really cheap because it it was cheaper for them to make right. it. So would it be cheaper versus something? that you could be getting the real
1: thing. So I think, I think the biggest red flag is where you get it from, right, because from a pharmacy, you're gonna to have to pay either a cash price or through your insurance company. It's not gonna be near what the street value would be. Um, if you're dropping $1,500 on you know 30 pills, there's probably something wrong. Uh, either you have a very, very greedy drug dealer and you're willing to pay uh, those prices or you're probably buying counterfeit pills. So, um, you know, that's probably uh, the biggest threat is um, people who are unknowingly taking counterfeit medication that they think is legitimate.
0: This entire situation is just so scary.
1: It, it can be, and that's why I think, you know, what we're doing here today is important. We're, we're, we're informing uh, the public that, you know, this, it does exist, um, you know, but you know, as adults, uh, as educated individuals, we can look at it and say, "Well, if it doesn't look right, it's probably not." Um, so, you know, we we have to we have to try to do what's best for our families, for our neighborhoods, for our communities. Um, and you know, uh, lucky for us uh, here in Cherokee County, uh, and and Seaman's also services Pickens County, so. At least for those two counties, uh, you do have you know uh, a law enforcement arm that's out there who stays educated, uh, you know, in the uh, latest and greatest uh, 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 ways that drugs are being sold and hidden and manufactured, and you know are actively combating um, those things.
0: Is there another way of combating this outside of education and alerting people of this issue? Is yeah. there any other way we can? Like
1: this? Yeah, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think there's probably a, a thousand different ways to do just about anything. Um, I think what we, what we have to do is just stay current, um, uh, stay, with, uh, stay in communication with our legislatures to pass the laws that make it uh, not worth uh, someone you know, risking uh, life behind bars to sell uh, any type of drug uh, for that matter. Uh, so, you know, that, you know, you can, you can do, do it through education. You can do it through uh, enforcement. Um, I think that, um, you know, you can't arrest your way out of everything, which is why we have to, uh, you know, have an educational component to, uh, you know, drug enforcement. I, I think the biggest thing is just to stay informed. Uh, keep tabs on um, social media. Uh, let folks know, you know, if you are uh, suffering from addiction, um, to have Narcan uh, readily available and to not be afraid to call for help. Um, you know, it, it, uh, because it's so dangerous, because fentanyl is so dangerous, uh, a trafficking amount of fentanyl in the state of Georgia is only four grams, which is not a lot of weight. Uh, if you look at uh, methamphetamine you have to have 28 grams in order to have a trafficking offense so four grams is not much so when when you see a seizure of say eight grams of fentanyl that's actually a big deal or eight grams of heroin that's a big deal because it doesn't take much of that drug to cause a fatal overdose
0: how much is four grams
1: right so just a visual representation probably the end of your finger would be a gram so uh, four grams, four pinkies, uh, potentially, or your fingernail uh, is enough to cause a uh, to to allow for a trafficking charge in the state of Georgia.
0: And is that a felony? It is. It's not a lot.
1: Doesn't take much.
0: I'm curious. Have you ever seen? How does fentanyl come? Is it liquid form? Is it? I mean, is it granular? How, right. What's the form? Right.
1: So, pharmaceutical fentanyl is typically in a patch or a capsule or a pill of some sort. Uh, illicitly manufactured fentanyl is generally a powder. Um, So it's odorless, it's tasteless, which is why it's so scary.
0: Is it dangerous to be around it, for your agents to be around it, for anyone to be around it?
1: Typically when we're handling what we know to be fentanyl, and because of fentanyl, we have now changed our standards for handling evidence. So we we use uh, N95 masks, we cover our eyes with glasses, and we we use uh, gloves because we don't want to accidentally inhale or get the fentanyl into our bloodstream. So that's how fentanyl will affect you is if it gets into your bloodstream.
0: That's how easy it is to get into your bloodstream?
1: Right. There's cases uh, nationally where officers have been searching cars. They didn't know there was fentanyl in there, and, uh, and they kind of like imagine squeezing a baby powder canister and you see a puff of smoke or powder and that happens to be fentanyl and you'll see those officers they pass out almost immediately because they have no tolerance to it. So that's why it's important for our officers to carry to carry Narcan on their person or at least within their patrol car and so in Cherokee County all of our deputies do carry Narcan.
0: How do you even know you're coming into contact with fentanyl then? How do you not know that it's you know baby powder?
1: Yeah so for so for our, our drug agents, typically we, we have more information when we go to conduct searches and things like that. So sometimes we know that we're gonna be interacting with it. But because it's always an unknown, we have to be prepared for there to be fentanyl, which is why we take those steps to uh, protect our agents. And it's the same thing with our deputies. You know, They're trained to always be aware of their surroundings, um, look for things that, that could potentially harm them, and then take steps to mitigate uh, you know, them being harmed or other people being harmed.
0: But there's no way of seeing it, being like, oh, that's fentanyl. No.
1: Because you you wouldn't necessarily know. Uh, I mean, it could look like baby powder. You know, it could look like uh, sugar. Uh, so you just, you just have to look for things that don't look right. That's a, a term we use a lot here. But, you know, if it doesn't look right, it's probably not. So uh, sometimes if we have the luxury of time, uh, we can step back, better prepare ourselves, interact with that substance, and then go deal with it.
0: And I'm curious, like in a Percocet pill mm-hmm. or Oxy, how much of the percentage is fentanyl versus the real?
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to say because it's never the same. Uh, the street chemists who are making the illicit counterfeit pills uh, don't necessarily have a formula that they use to to generate their pills. Uh, which is why it can be so dangerous. Um, so, you know, but generally speaking, I, it's greater than 50% just about all the time in those counterfeit medication.
0: Thank you so much, Major Walter Jones, again, the director of CMANS, for your time today. To our listeners, we hope this was an insightful and educational podcast on the dangers of fentanyl. Thank you for spending your time with us today. Till next time, have a great day and be safe.